The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. So, all of you are welcome to the Sunday talk. So, if you have any questions, it is good to ask, so then I can speak. Dhamma, uh, which is much more related to your life, or to, it is much more relevant to understand Dhamma. So, it is good to, if you have any questions, you can ask, so then I will ask, answer those questions first. <laughs> so, if you have no, okay. So anyway, then uh, I will start speaking. Uh, Dhamma, based on uh, the the sutta which I discussed early, so the the last two factors of this Sabbasava uh, sutta. Yeah, so the early I talk about these uh, early factors of the tense to be abundant by seeing, tense to be abundant by uh, restraining, tense to be abundant by using, tense to be abundant by enduring, tense to be abundant by avoiding, and uh, tends to be abundant by removing and tends to be abundant by developing. Today I'm uh, talking about these last two. So I think it is uh, beneficial for the people who are practicing meditation. And in the same time, any level of practitioner, the Buddhist practitioner, uh, get a lot of help from uh, these practices. If you understand, if you try to understand um, what Lord Buddha meant by this the giving these instructions because all these uh, dhamma based on right view if you uh, it is important to uh, put an effort to understand what is right view and what is wrong view how how we understand it and uh, how we use it in our day to day life and practice it because when you are practicing the right view then you come to the deeper understanding how to use it, Why? what is the difference between right view and wrong view, or right view and our usual view, how we see things, this world, how we relate to this world based on our previous uh, training or whatever thing we get from this society, where you born and live. Even though you are born in a Buddhist community, most of the time you don't get the right view. You, you get the wrong view as right view most of the time. We misunderstand right view as the wrong view as right view. So it, it is the nature, how it happens. Because always this consciousness arises in this world. It arises based on delusion. It works based on delusion. It is a part of the system. It is, it is not only for one per single person. It is common for all consciousnesses arise in this world. Even the Arahant's consciousness arise based on delusion, but they know 
it arises based on delusion. That's why they have that ability to abandon it or use it according to the convention or use the using the 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 whole the wholesome or skillful means, not to fall into the unskillful means. So they have that ability because they 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 know what is the the what is the delusion and how to abandon the delusion, or they know how to uh, extinguish all these consciousnesses. So they 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 have no more delusion. So that's why they they know how to deal with this consciousness. But all other living beings don't have that understanding. So therefore, they just caught up by their feelings, perceptions, and volitions. So they don't know. They don't uh, uh, understand. They are falling into delusion, and then they are they are naturally fall into greed and hatred, and face a lot of troubles. So that's why uh, the understanding the right way is important. So I will read these passages, uh, which which are explaining uh, uh, how to abandon uh, the abandon by removing. These these are the last two factors of. Uh, Sabbasava Sutta. I talk about the other factors in last two talks. Tends to be abandoned by removing. And now I am reading. What tends bhikkhus should be abandoned by removing? Here, a bhikkhu reflecting wisely does not tolerate an arisen thought of sensual desire. He abandons it, removes it, does away with it, and annihilates it. He does not tolerate an arisen thought of ill will. He abandons it, removes it, does away with it, and annihilates it. He does not tolerate an arisen thought of cruelty. He abandons it, removes it, does away with it, and annihilates it. He does not tolerate arisen evil, unwholesome states. He abandons them, removes them, does away with them, and annihilates them. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who does not remove these thoughts, there are no taints, vexation, or fever in one who removes them. There are these are called the taints that should be abandoned by removing. So, so this is this is the one way. If you are mindful that uh, the thoughts, sensual desire arise in within you, because if you are not mindful, sometimes you may not clearly understand these things. But a, a skillful practitioner or the practitioner who practice sometimes this right view and right intentions, actually they clearly understand when an unwholesome, uh, the mental states arise or the, the sensual desire arise within them. So they, they can, uh, they have that ability. They develop the ability to think wisely, think appropriate to the present moment and act but when they are practicing meditation, they can quickly destroy, they remove it. That means the abundance, abundance it, removes it, 
That's the way with it. These things actually really helpful when you are practicing meditation. Then you see any unwholesome thing arise, you just uh, turn away your attention from that object, and you you focus your attention to different object, which make your mind more uh, skillful or or abandon this uh, unskillful uh, mental states or uh, sense desire, ill will, or uh, cruelty arise in your mind. You you know how to you that means he, uh, you have that training to do it. But this practice is really important when you are practicing meditation. When you sit for meditation, anything comes, you, you, you should have that ability to just abandon it. But when you are living in your day-to-day -day life also, you have to practice these things as much as you can. When you re remember these things, you have to just follow that, that way of practicing. Because sometimes you forget and you fall into your past actions, past karma, past, past the training and you, you uh, react based on this kind of the sensual desire, uh, the thought of ill will, thought of cruelty, this kind of thing just pop up in your mind and you start acting. But when you identify, oh, I'm now fall into this this kind of um, the uh, unskillful mental state. I, I have to avoid these things. I should abandon these things. Because if you if you give if you give them a chance, if you tolerate this kind of uh, the unskillful thoughts, it grow, start growing within yourself. Because you are allowing to grow these things within within your uh, their mind. So that becomes the karma. If you, if you practice, just cut off and abandon these things, that skillful means growing within yourself. It becomes more powerful. So that's why it is important to practice this abundant by removing, even in your day-to-day -day life, as much as you can. So it is helpful when you sit for meditation. So you can quickly abandon the unwholesome mental states. So you can bring your mind to peace, calm, peaceful mental states. So that's why Lord Buddha say, so this, this that tends to be abandoned by removing, you have to practice. These are come as the sixth factor of uh, the Sabhasava Sutta, the abandoning tends. So this is the sixth factor. So this one is closely helpful to developing your mind to the higher mental states. So, if you if you analyze this this uh, uh, the the parts of this removing, that means he uh, does not tolerate an arisen thought of sensual desire, does not tolerate an arisen thought of ill will, does not uh, tolerate arisen thought of cruelty, and uh, does not tolerate arisen evil unwholesome states. So. Uh, if you read the second factor of uh, Noble Eightfold Path, that is also something directly related to this one. Because we talk about the, when a person practices a right view, the first factor, the second factor, right intentions, means the, uh, the thoughts of non-cruelty, thoughts of non-ill will, and thoughts of non-sensual desire. <laughs> 
So this opposite of this side. Actually, when you are practicing the right view, you are naturally start practicing the the thought, thoughts of the non-sensuality, non-ill will, non-cruelty. Because you relate to the world in a different way. So you see the world in a different way. World means your internal world, i.e. nostang body and mind, and all external, the, the bodies and minds also, you see in the same way. Because these are all these are natural phenomena. These things rise and pass away based on causes and conditions. These are all uncertain things. So therefore, you you kind to yourself, and you are same, in the same time you are kind to all other living beings, and whatever thing they have done, you can tolerate, you can let go, yeah, you can maintain your kindness, softness, gentleness in your mind. In other words, non-ill-will thoughts, non-sensual thoughts, and uh, the non-cruelty you can maintain within yourself if you are practicing the right view. So it is important to keep in mind. The practicing right view is the base. So it is come at the at the beginning of this uh, set of uh, abandoning. So that means the uh, the all taints, the taints to be abandoned by seeing. So that is the first thing Lord Buddha introduced us. So we have to learn it first. Then uh, it is easy to understand all others and practice easily all other other abandonings. Okay, now I will go to the next. So if you have any questions regarding these things, you can ask at any time. Tends to be abandoned by developing. What tends bhikkhus should be abandoned by developing? Here, a bhikkhu, reflecting wisely, develops the mindfulness enlightenment factor, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion, and cessation, and ripens in relinquishment. He develops the investigation of states, enlightenment factor, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion, cessation, and ripens in relinquishment. The energy enlightenment factor, which is supported by say, he develops the energy enlightenment factor, which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation and ripens in relinquishment. He develops the rupture enlightenment factor which is supported by seclusion, dispassion, cessation and ripens in relinquishment. He develops the tranquility enlightenment factor which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation and ripens in, in relinquishment. He develops the concentration enlightenment factor which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation and ripens in relinquishment. He, he develops the equanimity enlightenment factor which is supported by seclusion, dispassion and cessation and ripens in relinquishment. While taints, vexation, and fever might arise in one who does not develop these enlightenment factors, there are no taints, vexation, or fever in one who develops them. These are called the taints that should be abandoned by developing. So there is one 
important thing you have to understand is uh, this mindfulness enlightenment factor actually it is not just the bare mindfulness it is the mindfulness based on right view so that is the most important but it is otherwise it may not become the right mindfulness so right mindfulness actually based on right view so you are mindful what you are experiencing now based on right understanding based on right view so therefore you relate to your experiences in such a way that you are you have the ability to just abandon it just let go it and uh, uh, leads it to to the dispassion cessation and ripens in relinquishment so this is the important part to understand the the here bhikkhu reflecting wisely develops the mindfulness enlightenment factor which is supported by seclusion dispassion cessation and ripens in relinquishment so the, we are not going behind the wisdom but we are we are coming we are we are successful in seclusion dispassion and cessation so this is the important part once you once you successfully come to the cessation and if you if you are able to develop the seclusion and dispassion that means you have the wisdom you develop the wisdom so the important part is the result so whether you are you are achieving this uh these things supported by this the seclu- that means is the mindfulness en- enlightenment factor is based on the seclusion dispassion and cessation so without having the seclusion dispassion and cessation your your mindfulness enlightenment factor is not developed up to the the proper level so it is not leads to deeper understanding or the wisdom so therefore we have to always understand this developing uh, dispassion cessation and ripens in the the, uh, the relinquishment is the important part so this this thing you can do or you you get the effort right effort to do it if you have the right view if you practice the right view if you first you have to you must try to understand right view and then you you must try to use it within yourself if you have any problems you have to go and ask from the people who are practicing the path then you can you can solve all these problems and you can develop through the path lord buddha say this path is fully depend on the kalyanamitta the people who are practicing the path so therefore these are the important things so all these uh, uh enlightenment factors are always associated with the or supported by the seclusion dispassion cessation and ripens in relinquishment so that that is a, one of the most important parts to understand otherwise they, they those are not uh, enlightenment factors so then i will read the next part conclusion because when for a bhikkhu the taints that should be abandoned by seeing have been abandoned by seeing when the taints that should be abandoned by restraining have been aban- abandoned by restraining when the taints that should be abandoned by using 
have been abandoned by using, when the taints that should be abandoned by enduring have been abandoned by enduring, when the taints that should be abandoned by avoiding have been ab abandoned by avoiding, when the taints that should be abandoned by removing have been abandoned by removing, when the taints that should be abandoned by developing have been abandoned by developing, then he is called a bhikkhu who dwells restrained with the restraints of all taints. He has served, he has severed, he has severed craving, flung, flung off the fetters and with the complete penetration of conceit, he has uh, made an end of suffering. That is what the Blessed One said. The bhikkhus were satisfied and delighted in the Blessed One's words. So, yeah. So you have to abandon the fetters or the, the, uh, these asavas, these taints, by developing your mind to all these states. That means, see, first, first thing is, the abundant by seeing. So without, without developing that one, the others are not easy because there's a root cause of developing. So that's why the, uh, when for a bhikkhu, the taints that should be abundant by seeing have been abundant by seeing. When the taints that should be abundant by restraining have been abandoned by restraining. So these steps, you have to go one by one. And then the, ultimately you come to the, the enlightenment factors, which leads to the, the, the jhana levels. That means the, 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 the stillness of the mind or the immersion you develop to such a deep level, then you clear, directly experience the total cessation of five senses. So it gives, once you come back to the, the mindfulness enlightenment factor, you clearly understand how things arise and pass away, how senses arise and pass away, how those senses works. So you, you get the direct understanding, how suffering arises through senses and how the cessation happens. So then you have no doubt anymore regarding how, how suffering arises through senses. So then you are, get the courage to abandon your mind sense also. So then you go to the total cessation. So that's why the Lord Buddha say you have to practice a, uh, the, the, the seven en enlightened factors again and again to understand the, the science of this body and mind and how to achieve the total cessation. So if you have any questions, you can ask. So it is good to then speak. This is the, that is the end of the sutta. So I spoke about this, uh, all these, uh, the ways how to abandon. So important thing is the right view, the seeing, abandoned by seeing. It is the practicing right view. So it is the entrance point. So if you have any questions, it is good to ask. No questions. Okay, I have a question. Yes, question.
Ah, iya, iya. Morning, Bante. Good I just morning. want to check with um, the right view you mentioned. How am I going to share the right view with someone, especially not the same religion, who doesn't believe in what you said, and then have to test the bitter pill? <laughs> Thank you, Satu. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a good, good question. Sometimes when you are living in this world, sometimes you want to share with uh, the, what you understand with other people. So sometimes uh, people have strong beliefs. Even the Lord Buddha's time, the uh, Lord Buddha couldn't teach some people <laughs> because they have strong views or they, these are embedded in their, their thinking system. So they just believe what they they believe, already believe. So, very difficult to change. But anyway, you can introduce them to investigate and see how things are happening within yourself. So, whether these things come from outside or inside, how it happens, how you take things. So, so it is easy to uh, introduce a person to this uncertainty of this world. It, it is not very difficult to show to other people this uncertainty because we try to make things certain but it is impossible these are impermanent impermanence is a part of uncertainty so if we if we understand what is anicca is so it is it is a it is a truth of this world it it is a part of this world you can't separate from this world world means your eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, and all external phenomena, external objects in this world, subject to this reality. It is a part of this reality. So uncertainty is always there. So if a person who, who study the deep science, that means quantum physics or something, they clearly know that what is uncertainty is. <laughs> you can't avoid uncertainty. Uncertainty is always there. So that's why the people uh, normally in the, the common worlding don't understand these deep truths associated with our life. So uncertainty is a part of the life. So if you investigate what you have experienced and how your thoughts, how your expectations change time to time, you see the uncertainty within yourself. And if you think if you investigate about your, your experiences, how things come through your eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, and how your eye, ear, nose, tongue, body work with these things or take in these things, you see the uncertainty within these things. So it is not a very complicated thing. You have simply investigate how things are changing. So the way is, way of seeing things is important. So if you, if, when you are keeping in mind this, this uncertainty is, is the reality. It is, it is always with us. Then you start watching the uncertainty. Then you start identifying the uncertainty within our uh, body and mind or external world. So you see this world, how this world is going on. So how things are happening in this world. COVID is, is a good example to see the uncertainty. Before COVID, people thought uh, the, uh, any disease can control by the science. 
and uh, we can uh, stop and avoid all these uh, the, the bad uh, reactions come from these big the, the pandemics. But when the COVID come and spread everywhere, most richest countries, most powerful countries face a lot of <laughs> problems and they are facing the biggest disaster you can see in this world. How many people died? Then now they say in America, died uh, the people more, more than the Second World War. <laughs> Such a large number of people died in, in America. So they, they, they are the people who have, have the lot of facilities and everything. And they, they are the richest countries. So what can, they can do? So this is this uncertainty. People go and settle down in those countries because they think they, those countries are safe. But when, when, when the, the, the circumstances are changed to different setup, so that safety disappear. So they are become unsafe. And their thoughts, their way of connecting to the world is also changed. That conditioning comes from the society. So that's why they are not afraid to the, this uh, pandemic. And they, they think, oh, we are powerful enough to fight with this pandemic. But what happened? <laughs> their percentage of deaths are high, not very low. So these things we have to understand. That is how we relate to this. How we relate to this world is uncertain. That depends on the causes and conditions. Where you live, how you think about this world, how you take in things. So these are always uh, change based on causes and conditions. What you, how you were conditioned, your mind, how, how you take in things, how you understand things. This understanding always based on causes and conditions ripens at that moment. So how you take this? People, even the people who know science, they, they, they know this, the danger of these pandemics and how fast these things spread. But once they believe, oh, these things are magical, these things come and go, that kind of thoughts also they, 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 they allow to grow in their minds. And they, they, they believe those thoughts. And they just subside the, the scientific uh, understanding and they, they follow that. Okay, these things, this is some miraculous thing. So these, these things will disappear one day within seconds. <laughs> some people fall into that kind of that level and they, they sometimes they make decisions to the whole country and do all foolish things. So they don't, uh, they don't follow the, the, what they have experienced before and what actually, what is, what is the real facts and what are the thoughts, wishful thinking. They, they don't uh, understand the difference between this wishful thinking and the real facts. <laughs> so this is how this conditioning, this, is, this conditioning is not only belongs to one or two people. Sometimes the majority support to that uh, that uh, understanding or that thought. That's why the uncertainty is such a level you you can understand. So you can tell other people how change these thinking patterns of people. And now, about 50, 60 years ago, people value this democracy. Now people start 
devaluing the democracy and they value the more authoritative power. So these things are natural because what they, when they are experiencing one state, they are fed up with the, those states and they want to go to a different state. So that is the, that is the way how this mind works. So when, when you have the democracy too, too long time, you don't value the democracy. <laughs> then you, you want uh, the more dictative power to control all people and, and make, make things better. But once they come to power, they start doing all foolish things. Then you, you don't want to leave them. Then you want to throw away those people and go back to democracy. It is the natural way of happening things. <laughs> Who can stop these things? <laughs> You can see in, in, in Germany, it is a nice example in uh, the uh, 1940s. So same thing happened. So the, these are the, the cycles. Your mind also the same way work. The, these, our minds also work in the same way. So what if, if, when you are experiencing some comfortable life, you are not satisfied with it. You want something different. You go, you try to find out something. The mind is always work like that. That is the part of delusion. That's why the, if you, if you understand this impermanent nature, the uncertainty of mind, you just abandon it because you know it leads to suffering all the time. It leads to more doing, 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 endless doing. It, it is a part of delusion. So you are, and, and the next important thing is, you should understand your, your mind is not under your control. It is not, it is not worthy to say it is yours. It always run by causes and conditions. So the external inputs, whatever thing, when you listen to the QAnon theory, you believe it. Whether it is true or false, you just think, oh, maybe this one is true. Oh, this is very dangerous. <laughs> so you, <laughs> then you, you start acting on these things, you start thinking and you get sick. Your mind gets sick. The anger, hatred, the, the sometimes the depression and anxiety arise in your mind. Can't stop because these beliefs come from, because it is related to your past karma. Sometimes you have experienced that kind of situations in your, in your country or your, where you are living your, among your friends. You have seen that kind of situation. Then the conspiracy theories and then the people, they, they have this kind of plots and they do some bad things. If you have some little bit of experience, you just believe these things and uh, your mind go to the depressed mental states. So you, there's little control. But if you understand this uncertainty and impermanent nature, you just let go. Because you know, one day you die. So this body is not, not a permanent thing. The mind is also, sometimes we, 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 we suspect people, but later we understand, no, he's a good guy, he's not a bad guy. So our, these perceptions are not fixed, not permanent. These things arise based on causes and conditions. When the causes and con conditions change, these perceptions and uh, feelings change. So if we, if we understand, if you, if you're aware of that reality, so, you, 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 whatever thing arise in your mind, you can abandon. You can just let go and free your mind and make your mind still and healthy. So not falling into the, the un, unwholesome or unskillful mental state. You can avoid unskillful mental states. So you can uh, protect the health of your mind. Keep your mind in the skillful mental states. 
So it is the, so it is good to understand this uh, non-self nature and the uncertainty of this world, and therefore the suffering is always associated with this consciousness, because whatever thing you are enjoying, that that's a, that is a, a simple example is when you are enjoying the the democracy. After sometimes you are not no more enjoying it. You want something more. <laughs> <laughs> so then you are going so these kind of things even all all aspects of in your life is same it is a part of the the consciousness that's why you have you should understand that suffering is always associated with this consciousness because you are not aware of this in the uncertainty and non-self nature of this body and mind if you are if you have that understanding or if you develop that understanding you just develop abandoning all these sense the desires and the ill will all these things and try to make your mind still calm and quiet and enjoy the quietness and the, the release your mind from this five sense world then you see the 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 happiness and uh, non suffering states of mind so the, these are the, the these are the important experiences that's why lord buddha showed as a path to experience this these things and then understand how things arise and pass away so how to abandon things how to value things and how to cut off the value thing and let go things so this this kind of thing you can tell to your 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 friends so sometimes they might understand some people don't uh, want to believe all these things but if a person investigate within themselves they can see these things within themselves it is not difficult <laughs> so is there thank you bante there is an online question um, i have been studying for 6 years um i'm i have found some peace through studying the dhamma and practicing meditation i'm comfortable living in seclusion i have dispassion but i don't know how to be happy i still have a desire to not exist what should i do i have the desire to to not exist yeah yeah the important thing to understand is this desire is the one who create the suffering because the desire actually uh, come from the, the wrong understanding about your body and mind because you think you have the control on this this body and mind therefore you think desire is the most important thing or you take in in that way or the desire arise so if you see the desire is the is the proximate cause of suffering so you just abandon the desire because desire if you if you want to have a peaceful time if someone else come and make you the start speaking and doing things <laughs> it creates the 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 un, un, the that means the ill will or unhappiness in your mind because you want to you want to avoid all these things and uh, uh, the all desires create suffering 
if you understand that, that is helpful to abandon the desire. Because desire arises because you crave to the opposite thing. So the craving is the, is the, 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 the that means the uh, desire to not to have something means desire to have something else. So it is the, 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 the both sides of the uh, same, same piece of thing. So it is, it is good to understand. It leads to suffering. So just abandon it. And how to abandon it means take this body and mind as not yours. It is a part of this world. So only thing, you have to develop the, the skillful means. That means in non-greed, non-hatred and non-delusion. Non-delusion means this body and mind is not I, me, myself. It is a part of this world. When you understand how it works, that is the main purpose of mindfulness. When you, when you watch how things arise and pass away in your mind, then you see the causes and conditions. And how these, when you associate with those causes and conditions, those mental states and bodily states arise. When you are not associating with those uh, the, uh, mental states or the the, the other the inputs come from through your eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, you can avoid the those states. So that knowledge should gather through uh, mindfulness. So then you are you are you are you are become skillful and knowledgeable person. So you know how to deal with things and how to avoid things, and how to let go things. So uh, the, practicing dhamma, not only reading, but you have to discuss with people who are practicing dhamma uh, to deeper levels. Then they can give you the good instructions how to deal with things. And then you understand what, why Lord Buddha teach in this way and that way. So some teachings. Sometimes if people who don't have that uh, deep understanding about the deep practice, practical understanding about Buddhism, they interpret Buddhism in a totally wrong way, sometimes based on the, the based on the personality view. So they, those things mislead. If you read the, read Buddha's teachings, if you haven't developed the right view, sometimes you misunderstand a lot of Buddhism. Because you see things through the personality view. So then you interpret Buddhism based on personality view. So then you don't, you don't actually get the essence of Buddhism correctly. So that's why it is important to associate with people who are practicing this path to deeper levels. So that's what I can tell you. Okay, is there any other questions? Okay, okay, ask. Uh, from memory, um, appreciating your parents is part of right view. From memory, uh, appreciating your parents, does that form part of right view? Yeah, actually, yeah, it, it is a good thing because it, uh, appreciating your parents means the... Uh, then you develop the, the kindness, softness, gentleness towards them. That means a wholesome mentality you develop. Because they have done something to you, no? So you can develop the gratitude. 
and avoid all uh, the unwholesome mental state sometimes uh, people have a lot of grudges with their parents and problems so you have to these are leads to unwholesome mentality because if you see how people's uh, uh, minds arise how their actions bodily actions verbal actions their thinking way of thinking arise based on where they born where they live how they lived and what they learn from this world so these things are all natural phenomena you know if you see this world in that right way so then then you are kind to them because they are helpless where they born how they lived what they learn from this world so who are their teachers who are their parents who are their friends so all these things are supported causes and conditions which build up their think thinking pattern or relate to the world yeah so it is a natural phenomena it is a natural way of happening things so therefore you you have to develop the gratitude because you re- directly know how they supported you when you were a small child so the how they were kind to you soft and gentle so these things you can recollect and then it it uh, generates the wholesome mental states in your mind it is helpful for your practice hmm. but am i right in thinking that it sort of officially forms part of right view ask me again am i c- correct in remembering that right view to some extent incorporates an appreciation for your parents is it in one of the suttas or is it somewhere No, if a part of, another part of the dharma somewhere else. I'm just thinking back to. No, actually, it it is not a part of right view, but yeah. it is a good practice. Yeah, yeah. Even even a person who don't have right view, if they practice in this way, they 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 develop the gratitude towards their parents. Yeah. It is helpful for the well-being of the both sides. because it leads to more uh, skillful mental states skillful verbal actions bodily actions and build up harmony and happiness so these things actually interrelated so even though the people don't have a right view if they practice these skillful mental states based on whatever view it is helpful it is good yes. even even the people who believe other religions they also have all these they they good uh, practices when they develop these practices actually they they re, they they, they uh, enjoy the benefits of those practices it is universal yeah that's so that's why lord would say it is always related to your day to day life your this when you have this this body and mind you have to have you have to develop the skillful actions verbal actions and bodily actions based on whatever view it is helpful to maintain your happiness but it never leads to the deeper uh, reality uh, the the the, uh, the the deeper understanding of the reality and total cessation of all suffering it never leads but the if you have the right view it leads to the the total cessation of all suffering That's good. Answer my question. I, so what I understand is, right view doesn't specifically talk about an appreciation of parents, but that type of practice. It, it is a part of the yeah mind states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is actually come 
on based on any view but it is also come under the right view yeah. but it can come under other views also but these are the practices, the, the, the day-to-day practices. When you are ha- having the body and mind, when you are maintaining your body and mind in, in this world, you have to relate to this world in, in the skillful way. If you are practicing the unskillful way of relating to this world, it, it leads to suffering to both sides. So that's why, I, even without having the right view, if you are practicing these things, it gives you the happiness. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it is, it is come under right effort, but but it is, it is not. The, it is, it is also good effort. The right effort come based on right view. <laughs> okay, ask. So to continue on the understanding of. The difference between appreciating your parents, yeah, because we're here because our parents made us. But it's also important not to think that that means that all the bad things that can happen, because not all parents are kind, loving, and caring. Yes. And I think so many times. That teaching Hmm. um, is taken as you must appreciate, so everything they did is good. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, you you have to forget all the. That's why I I told the different people have different uh, the backgrounds, how they brought up and how they think, how they relate to the world, even how they relate to their children. So how they deal with their children, how to work with their children. So these things actually have very complicated. That's why you have to develop metta. That, that is means the loving kindness towards all living beings. So it is important. If you, if you can maintain the, the kindness, softness, gentleness towards all living beings, including your parents. Parents is important because they have done something good to you. You can remind these things, how they love you, how they treat you well, how they fed you. All these things, actually, they they gave the the supporting hand to brought up, bringing up you. So these things you can, because you have something good, you, ha- you can remember, but you may have something bad also to remember. So you should avoid, because remembering bad things create more unhappiness, create more anger, hatred, unskillful mental states. You, if you know, when we are remembering these things, it creates more unskillful mental state. You should avoid these things because it is not uh, good for your the well-being of your mentality, mind, or your your body and mind's health. So that's why you have to abandon these things. If you go to the deep roots, the impermanent nature, non-self nature, and suffering nature, you see, even though your parents are they're, they're helpless, their bodily actions, verbal actions arise based on how they were trained, how they understood this world. It is a natural flow of happening things. There's, that is not a personal problem with them. 
it is where they born where they lived how they value things the how this conditioning came to them so if you if you understand this big picture you kind to yourself and all other living beings no control on these things it is a natural flow of happening things so then you relate to your body and mind in right way and you develop the ability to abandon unwholesome stuff and develop your mind to total cessation the cessation first this five sense world and then to the the all all experiences you can come to the cessation because always the the, uh, the this kind of sufferings different kind of experiences always associate with the the consciousness if you have the consciousness you experience these things at whatever level in your life sometimes your parents and the family members are very nice once you go to the job you see some some someone is really bad <laughs> so or when you are go to the school sometimes you experience bad things so how can we control these things this is the world or sometimes the some governments some some rulers come and create more suffering so who knows <laughs> so this is how world works <laughs> I, i try to describe a scenario uh, say if you witness uh, a person abusing another person yeah you have some sort of reaction but if you see uh, some madman just abusing mm. not a person just abusing using abusive words you have a different type of reaction because in the first scenario you have two personalities you identify in the second scenario only one person only the people the person is talking this shows that when you identify your personality your reaction is different so similarly if you don't identify any personalities by seeing when you say seeing abandoning by seeing anicca dukkha anatma your reaction is entirely different that's what i'm trying to say it is you react because you recognize the personality but when you say seeing you see anicca dukkha anatma yeah so the the response is very different so let go yeah yeah but it's a, sometimes you you have to react if you have the opportunity to help other person you can you can have the the different kind of reaction to help the person mental yeah mental reaction yeah mental reaction is they develop to a different level when you are practicing the right view yes anicca dukkanatta then you are internally calm but you can you can talk to other people you can teach other people or you can inspire other people to to behave correctly by talking to them or doing something else so many different things that depends on your ability or your training but you how you relate to your experience is totally different when you develop the right view so then you are you are kind soft and gentle to whatever thing you are experiencing you just even it gives you a pain in your heart you just let the things be and let the things disappear you don't worry you are not the try to fight or try to try to do anything more just let the things arise and pass away yes if you have any more questions
Okay, ask. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Vante. Um, sometimes, well, often enough, I guess, um, we have a sense in this life that there's somebody there who wants help for various reasons. Probably um, they're anxious, depressed, have lots of problems. And you have a sense that you don't have the skills uh, to help that person. And I'm just wondering what you think of that. I would tend to um, step back uh, if I felt I didn't have the skills to help that person. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Bhante? Yeah, in some situations we don't have skills to help. Even the Buddha did not have skills to help some people. So, yeah... Yeah, that depends on different people. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, so you have to be kind. So, uh, you have to calm down your mind. Because uh, sometimes uh, uh, you can inspire another person who they believe or they have the skills to talk to that person or help to that person. So, you can inspire another skillful person who understands that situation. That's like we are taking a, a sick person to a doctor because we don't we don't have that skill. We are not doctors, so we bring the person to a doctor. So that kind of thing you can do. But sometimes we don't we don't find out a proper person to do it. So then we can try, but maybe it is not successful. What to do? So, they, so most of the time, it, it is common in these our lives, you know. Yeah, yeah. Very difficult to tell some people, so to convince. That's why a lot of people say they, if if people have that past, the karma. That means the previous uh, experiences, which are supportive to what you are saying. So then they quickly grasp what you are telling. Otherwise, they. They have no means to understand what you are telling them. So that's why they don't believe, they don't accept what you are telling. So they, that is how this world works. Even the Buddha's time, many people didn't understand what, why, what Lord Buddha is telling to people. They believed, uh, actually majority believed some other religions. Only few believe the Buddha's teachings. Only the wise people who can investigate and see, oh, this is true, this is correct. Then... Once they are investigating, they, they can clearly understand. Otherwise, they don't understand. It is not the, 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 the faith towards Buddha is not, not spontaneous. The, most of the nowadays, because uh, these religions exist for thousands of years, that's why we, we have that faith from the birth. So we, or, or, or after investigating these things, they, because the widespread beliefs. But in Buddha's time, only few people believe Buddha. <laughs> so majority believe other religions who exist for hundreds of years. Even the, the Nigantanathaputta's religion, this uh, Jain, Jainism, they, it lasts about uh, the, three, four hundred years there before Buddha. So most people believe that religion. And some other people believe other religions also. So that's why uh, that depends on people. So how, what are the, the, how they are 
how what are the causes and conditions they have to understand what you are telling <laughs> that is the way how it works okay ask uh the question which i have is uh, even though that uh, i think that uh, i may die but this uh, thinking doesn't sink inside much basically most of the time i don't uh, think that i'm going to die so how can we um basically how can we deepen our uh, understanding of death and impermanence within ourselves we know that we are going to die theoretically yes. but yeah. uh, practically the way i live it doesn't seem like i know that i am going to die so how can i uh, basically uh, even means heard a lot of dhamma talks heard read a lot of stuff so basically theoretically seems logical that i will die but still there is something inside which doesn't know that i am going to die yeah yeah how that is true <laughs> yeah so how to basically maybe it's a silly question which i am asking but still i want to know how can i intensify the thinking basically how can i make my is apart from the brain if there is something inside me which is there which knows the things basically heart mind whatever we can say that other stuff or even the brain itself but somehow the brain even also contradict itself most of the times because yeah if i have a mobile and my mobile got stolen i will be very much worried about my mobile got stolen rather than i will be worried that i will be die, dying within the next 5 minutes so <laughs> so how can this uh, thinking of death and impermanence really sink in, inside ourselves that uh, it really helps us because theoretical understanding is good we understand the things but i can say for myself i understand theoretically that i may die but that thing that i am really going to die that this thing is not inside me i guess because if mm. it was then i would have not been attached to my mobile because if somebody takes me this mobile right now from me i think i will be very much thinking about oh how will mm. i navigate to my house because mm. i no don't know the direction and something i have to use a maps something so yeah yeah yeah, so yeah the, it, it is pretty clear because you know you are still you are young you are not not close I look to young, young but i'm not young that much yeah 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 maybe <laughs> you are not reached to the the old age because you are not still you are not feeling the uh, the the weakness of your body you know i don't know so the one of the most important thing is what you are doing now what what is your job because people are always engaged with their work day to day work so they are living with this world the living world not with the death can you understand mm-hmm. so if you start practicing meditation if you ordain as a monk and practice meditation you quickly understand because you always watch the death so the 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 you you watch the corpse and all these things if you are working in a in a hospital you see how how many people are dying daily so so then you you get a different understanding 
once you are living in this the other world, that means you are doing a job in an office and all the people are coming and going, working, all, all, all the time you are engaged in the today work. What you have to do? So you are living. So phone, you, you can't let go of the phone because the phone is one of the important parts. So once it loses, you just want to get the next phone and do it. That is, this is called bhava. You are, you are, the hold on to the bhava, the existence, present existence, what you are associate with. Even you met with an accident and you, your body become die or close to die, what happened? If you read the near-death experiences, you see what happened then. You just go to a different state of existence and you try to do, you try to, to start up your body and, <laughs> and go back to your work because you are already attached to these things. You have to look after your family. You have to look, you have, you have obligations. You have the, to, to do things. Because that is the way you attach to this world. How you associate with your experiences. How you live in this world. So how can a family man uh, basically walk the spiritual journey? So that Yes, it, it is possible. How? You, you have to understand. That's why it is important to have the right view. And then you develop the right intentions. And then you develop the right verbal actions, bodily actions, and livelihood. It is a part of the system. Because when you are living in this world as a layman, so you have the family. You have obligations. You have to look after your children. If your children are young, then you have more responsibilities. So you have to keep the balance. If you can... can uh, uh, hand over them to someone else and go. It is a different scenario. But most of the time, you are, you are bearing the responsibilities. So then in that state, you have to keep the balance of practice. So that's why Lord Buddha say, you can practice the right view. In the same time, you can develop the skillful bodily actions and verbal actions to deal with this world skillfully and maintain those things and when you have the free time, you can practice meditation and liberate your mind from Faisen's world. So that is how we have to practice uh, Noble Eightfold Path in your in your lay life. So this is a step by step. You have to you have to develop that path. The first part is the the right view, how you how you understand this world, how you relate to this world. It takes time. Because why you became a layman and why, why you became a normal, it, it is what you, you uh, uh, practice in the past. So you enjoy, you, you value that kind of uh, life. That's why you came to that life. You chose that life. It, it is not, not spontaneously happened. It is how it happens based on causes and conditions. So that's why you have, now you have all these attachments, the, all the connections to the world. So you are always run based on those connections. So it is, it is a part of the system. So when you're uh, developing the right view, you are naturally cut, cut uh, the unnecessary part first. And the necessary part you keep and you try to find out uh, the opportunity to cut off and let go those parts also. Then gradually you liberate all these uh, the attachments and 
go to the total. This, these things cannot happen spontaneously. So it is a part you have to develop. Then you, you start reminding yourself this impermanent nature, non-self nature. Then you start seeing the, how many people are dying, <laughs> how this death happens, what are the causes and conditions. Then you see the impermanent nature, this body, how. Then you see your parents, the grandparents, how they passed away and uh, how things happen in this world. And your friends' parents, your you are relatives, how the elderly people pass away. So then you see, oh, I also should have faced this same problem. Then it comes to you. Like when, when you are driving your car, for, at the first time, you have no much experience. But after some time, you don't much think. You just drive. Because it, it, is, it is a part of your system. You, it is high, closely attached to your system. Automatically work. In the same way, when you practice this, uh, the, this, uh, the marana sanya, the, the perception of death, so you, you develop, okay, you, you always have that understanding. I will die one day. But now, in this present circumstance, circumstances, you are not able to do it because you have obligations, you have attachments, you have the, the responsibilities. So that's why your mind is not tends to think like that way. It, it makes your mind contracted. It is a natural way of happening things. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> can I give a scientific uh, okay. explanation for that? I mean, all biological units are born with the uh, uh, yeah. units, uh, the DNA, it's in the DNA for survival of the unit yeah. and the species. Yeah. So that is built in the system. Yeah. That's how we all survive. So yeah. everybody thinks like, what is this? Yeah. So the, we think we are, the practice is all just the opposite of that. Yeah. I mean, dependent origination says that this is how it goes. Yeah. The self and that's natural. That's in the DNA. Yeah. So yeah. you don't think of death. You think of living. Yeah. So surviving. Yeah. That's why you forget that you're going to die. Mm. But the Buddha said practice uh, the impermanence. Yes. Yeah, these things actually the path you have to cultivate, you have to you have to practice, you have to use the right view in your day to day life. Then gradually start growing this knowledge. That knowledge helps you to see the world in a different way. So the practice the right view gives you the right knowledge. Samma ditti gives the samma jnana. The jnana is the knowledge. <laughs> yeah, it is a good question actually. The, most people have this kind of because they they try to try to find out things within us, within their bodies and minds. These bodies and minds always arise based on causes and conditions have now. You can develop the the wholesome things when you uh, come to contact and when you review on these things and uh, uh, try to practice these things, then gradually develop these things. First, when you sit on the on the, uh, the seat of the driving seat on a car, you 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 don't know how to drive exactly. So you learn step by step, and then you you get the skill, and then you get the proper understanding about how to drive the car. So in this uh, same way, the, this uh, the practices also come to you in that way. You just develop slowly, step by step. <laughs> So, is there any more questions?
is it okay to stop or continue okay then we may pay uh, respect to both the dharma and sangha and finish today <laughs> program oh.